Welcome to another edition of Sounding Off, a series brought to you by The Sound of Victory. I'm Perry Johnson. And I'm Courtney Cox. You ready? Let's go get them. So today it's a special edition of Sounding Off because it's red alert time. It's really important. And I had to bring in my Peloton expert to break down why the Peloton internets are going wild right now. Um, so with me here today is Dr. Amira Rose Davis, Assistant Professor of History and African-American Studies at Penn State University. Her upcoming book titled Can't Eat a Medal, The Lives and Labors of Black Women Athletes in the Age of Jim Crow is a really incredible historical, archival, um, multi-methodological um, approach to thinking about the lives of Black women in sport. But also, it's not just on the paper for her. She's, it's also on the Peloton. Um, she brought me into the, the cult, the community, the, the very um, important Peloton community and convinced me to get a bike during pandemic. And so, you know, this past week we've been texting and just trying to figure out what this big announcement would be um, and just really weren't sure like what was happening on Instagram. There are a lot of conversations across social media about what this big announcement would be. And of course, my guess is always Beyonce. Like that's the biggest thing I can ever think of. And that's what it ended up being. So. And you called it, you called it, you called yeah. it. <laughs> I just get that for everything. And I'm wrong, like 90% of the time, but it's just like, but it oh. hits when it hits. It's it. <laughs> it does. And I think like you and I talk a lot about how um, Peloton uses music and, and really what it means in terms of thinking um, about sport, but also more generally about wellness and kind of the various ways that um, identity representation are really at play with companies like Peloton. And so um, I think there's a lot of ways we critique corporations in terms of their response, in terms of the way they think about representation and the response to things like BLM. But I think Peloton is doing something really interesting, which is what we'll talk about. But first, I think for those that aren't initiated into what Peloton is, how would you describe the phenomenon that is Peloton? I mean, it's like the best cult you're ever going to be a part of. Um, it's wild. You know, a lot of people know Peloton. I mean, I know my first association with Peloton was that weird, creepy commercial they released last holiday season with the husband who bought his wife a Peloton. And she looks kind of like a deer, like kind of like she's been coerced into exercising. There was a lot of like gender dynamics at play in conversation. Um, and so I think that's a lot of people's first understanding or even knowledge of Peloton. And they kind of know it's a spin bike and that's kind of it. Um, that's that's what it was for me. But what I discovered was um, it's beyond spinning. It is a fitness and wellness space that has certainly cycling, but running, cardio, strength training, yoga, meditation, stretching, and then also that you don't necessarily need a bike to be involved so that there's a bike, there's a tread, those are their two products, but they also have a digital app and that gives you all these classes. And like many people, I came to this during the pandemic when uh, COVID shut gyms down and like I used to be an orange theory person. Um, I really like high intensity training and things like that. And I was just like, there's no way, can I cuss? There's no way I was going to step into a damn gym during COVID. And I think that in that time, you know, Peloton gave 90 day free trial for a lot of people to get into it. And one of the things that I happened upon was Black Girl Magic, which is a Peloton group 
um, there's many different Peloton groups, but, um, and I'm part of a multiple groups, but Black Girl Magic, at the time when I joined and I got my bike in May, there was about 4,000 Black women. Now it's 10,000 Black women from around the world who are community, who are accountability partners, who organize group rides and runs and stretches and strength classes. And for me, it's been about consistency um, and having that space where you're in your own basement and who cares what you look like and what you're wearing. I work out without a bra sometimes. And it has allowed me the space to reestablish my relationship to movement and to pushing myself and even to stillness with meditation and yoga, which is not something that I would say were strengths going into this journey. And now I'm like, gotta go to yoga. And so that's what I would say. Peloton is a company that one of the things we talk about a lot is like kind of like persistently fascinating because you dip a toe in and then you're like, this is interesting. That was an interesting choice. Like, especially in the wake of George Floyd's, you know, murder and Black Lives Matter, when you started seeing corporate responses, I was like, am I rocking with a corporation who I'm actually like not side-eyeing? Like, this is a new feeling. And so every step of the way, they've kind of just been blowing my mind a little bit and then paired with the best workouts that I've had in my entire life. And it's just like, yes, I will drink this (laughs) Kool-Aid. Right. And it's like, it's hard to, again, I know, I just want to preface it. I know how this is going to sound. I was very cynical. I was like, you are really hype on this. I was like, (laughs) hashtag ad, like what is happening? Right. But it was like, it it was very instant. And it was not just because this is a very high tech bike with an app. It was very much what you're saying in this community. And I had no idea how much the Black Girl Magic group was fun, but there's so many of these groups and there's so many of these tags and the way we identify ourselves on the And the instructors. I mean, that's the other thing that we should say. And the thing with Peloton is that because everything's on demand, it allows you to really curate the people who speak to you and you find motivating. And that's not the same people for everybody, but they have such a place where they're like, our talent gets to be themselves. You know, I know that there's some days where I'm like, I just need joyful energy and I'm a ride with Cody, right? There's some days where I'm like, I need a drill sergeant. I'm a ride with Alex. There's days where I'm like, you know what? Can, any day I'll ride with Kendall and Tunde because they're like just complete everything to me, right? And the ability to do that, or like the reason I've gotten to yoga is because it's Chelsea. Like I have never seen yoga in the way that she practices yoga. Her playlist curation, and we can, you know, get into that, but her playlist her body shape, everything about it is for the first time a place that I feel whole in and I feel restored in. I would say after Jacob Blake's shooting or it was after Brianna, this summer has been relentless. It was after something that I felt like I was holding in. But after Brianna's verdict, I remember saying to myself, like, I knew I wasn't surprised. Like, I know that people were affected, but I found, I kind of felt like hardened to it. And I got onto the yoga mat and Chelsea started by saying she was dedicating it to Brianna, but she said, but I'm dedicating it not to like the memification of her, but of her and all of her humanity as this black woman from Kentucky. So this is a Kentucky only playlist. We're going to get into Kentucky artists, like all this stuff. And it was just this like curation. I'm just sobbing through it. And I realized that I had actually been holding all of this stuff. And for the first time I had moved into a place where the physical movement plus the kind of mental 
and the sound curation allowed me to like snap together and actually release. And so that is that is of the long answer of what Peloton is for me. Like I said, just fascinating every step of the way. And I want to say also, when we talk about someone like Chelsea, who does the yoga and meditation classes, she has a whole PhD. Like there's something about PhD. like thinking about the fact that they're, you know, you know, for us as Black women professors, what it means to see a Black woman professor in a wellness space. And so part of it is, I think Peloton is pushing back against the whiteness of wellness in a way that I think is really interesting. And then to point to your point, the role of music. And of course, you know, Sound of Victory, we're always thinking about this relationship between music and sport. And I think there's a way that with music and fitness, there's the way that we physiologically react to our power song, that song that gets us going, the way that playlists are curated about getting us hype. Uh, whether hype is to work out, hype for our teams. Thinking about that transition between Orange Theory to Peloton, what has been the role of music for you in terms of workouts specifically within this company? Yeah, no, I love this question. So like I said, I used to go to Orange Theory and if you know, the instructors at Orange Theory have the ability to curate their playlist, but they're kind of like a set. They always have like a certain beat to it. I remember this one two week stretch where I was giving talks in conferences that had me going from Philadelphia to New Orleans, to Little Rock, to Memphis, to Old Miss, and then to Nashville. And then all of these cities, I hit Orange Theory. And I would say there was a very little variance. There was like a little bit more country played, pop country played in, in Little Rock. There was like barely any bounce played in New Orleans. I was very mad. But it was all the same kind of thing, but they don't really necessarily go to the music. It's just there setting the scene, right? And then with Peloton, you have some songs like they're just there, but then you have things that are like a listening game, right? So like every time I run with Jess Sims and it's like, she loves listening games. And she was playing like What a Girl Wants the other day in the nineties class. And she was like, every time Christina Aguilera says what, you you speed up. Do you know how many times they say what in that song? Too it many, Jess, too, too many. many. And then at one point it was like, whatever makes me happy. And she was like, that counts. It's my class. Like, I was like, this is the most ridiculous person right now. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yes. You know? please, yes. Please. She did that too for let's talk about sex. And every time they said sex, you had to go faster. And I was like, we're just, it's over. Like that's a long song. And so like that or grooving or using it to set the mood, the, the curation of the playlist is so paramount in planning a Peloton workout. Like the instructors talk about what it's like to do that. And then they have these artist series, which would be like a, a week of specific activity towards one album or one person. And that varies widely. And that to me has been really different because I don't know, I didn't know how much I needed to be in a class that starts with like, um, back that ass up. And then you just kind of go like the, like, and we'll get into this Beyonce ride drop last night. Literally, I called Courtney to try to tell her what songs are there and I couldn't remember because <laughs> I was like it's like <laughs> when you're in a club and you're just going and you're like yeah. I know they drop you're like the everything let's play they play everything the <laughs> exactly and so I think that that the music and how I relate to the music and I think I can tell you the two moments that this crystallized for me early on when I got the bike when I was still really struggling to finish a 20 minute ride because it hurt um and there was a Lizzo ride and I remember, you know, I was like, oh, I kind of like Lizzo's music, like whatever, I'll take the ride. But there's a way that 
Robin was doing it and that Robin was talking about Lizzo's audacity and her strength and her resilience while we're listening to some of her deep catalog that just got me and I was just like yes like I am my own soulmate like I you know doing this and then like that later that week I took um, a Black History Month ride with Allie Love that was Black on Broadway so it was all Broadway music from Black artists and this was the first ride I took that really messed with song tempos. And it's what I learned is like, you can get a really good workout to a slow song. So she started playing and, um, and I'm telling you, I'm not going original, like Jennifer Holiday. And she was like, make it gritty. Like you can't ride light to this song. Like this is a song that you're in the muck. You're in yeah. the mud. You're like trudging through. So she was like, crank that resistance knob up, make it heavy. You want to feel like so much power in every, do. that's a long song. And I'm here like climbing, like barely pushing it down. And then all of a sudden I'm crying. And I, here I am singing at the top of my lungs because nobody can see you, nobody can hear you. I'm singing at the top of my lungs. I'm like move, like cycling really slowly. Like I feel like I'm going up a mountain, screaming next to Jennifer Holiday, like, no, 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 like at the top of my lungs. And I PR'd, right? And that's when I was like, oh, the music is moving through me. And the release that I'm finding is pairing movement with the music, with the words, right? And all of those things bundled together is tapping into something for me that is akin to moving meditation. Like I am finding myself and finding release in the wedded practice of those that has before that had been something that was a little bit detached for me. Yeah. And, and, and there's a, an actual branding integration too, that we should also say that, you know, if you're on the bike, a song is played, you don't ever have to question what that song is. It literally will pop up and tell you the name of the song and the artist. And there's like a little heart and you can heart it the same way. If you have a Spotify account, um, you can heart it and it adds it into this liked from Peloton playlist. So there's a way that Peloton is both um, actively intentionally integrating music in terms of the instructors. Right. But there's also a, a very um, tight connection between music being part of the thing they know you're going to be thinking about. And I, for me, I write with Cody a lot. I am obsessed with Cody. I love his music, his music choices. He does groove rides, which groove rides are really about also the choreography. The movement of it is also this feeling of him as like a trained dancer, like, and, and being able to integrate dance into this bike situation. And so I think there's a lot of things we can think about in terms of gender identity, expression, sexuality that come up across instructors. But I think there's a, there's a certain performance that Cody offers in terms of both his reverence to Black music, as well as these subtle kind of Easter eggs that are, like you said, they're not always said, but it's like, if you know, you know. And one of them was, I did a ride with Cody and every beat was produced by Timberland and he never mm -hmm. said it. But it, it flowed so well because you took one producer that has made all these songs and it was, I want to say it was a pop ride, actually. And it just had these really seamless transitions that these songs that otherwise would not, you wouldn't know why they were fitting together. Because if I was like, that was a Timbaland beat and that was, right. that? was that Nelly Furtado? That was Timbaland too. And like, sometimes it's fun to find. Like I remember yeah. Chelsea did a flow and it was with all people who had been black contestants on American Idol. Oh, and wow. it was just like, oh yeah, I'll send it to you. But it was like, oh, oh Ruben, like you, you got to do that, that one. And the other one Cody did was when his playlist was like, all of the songs were about ass. 
Like, and it's like little things like that where you look at it and it's like, what is the common theme of all these songs? Oh, they're all about ass. And it was like, okay, I know what this playlist, like, I know what this song's going to be about. And like, but the fact that when he started it, like he said it, but then he was also like, so we're definitely working our glutes today. Like the workout he designed was also designed to activate your glutes while you're listening to songs about ass. And it's that kind of symmetry that I love. I feel like one of the other things, just to get into the artist series, I think for people to understand what the Beyonce partnership means, which there's a lot that is that goes beyond the artist series as we've currently known them. Um, typically with artist series, like you said, we have these different workouts that are built in about these playlists. There have been some really fun ones. Um, instructors wear costumes. It's really built out. They do promos that are like real photo shoots. Like they're really extravagant the and fun. Ones were yes. So Absolutely. So, and, and there's a way that I've seen instructors really identify with the artist. So for example, Jess Sims, who's biracial, did this Alicia Keys workout and she had a side-by-side of Alicia Keys high school photo on Instagram and her high school photo and really talked about what that meant for her and like how big of a deal for an artist like that, for her to be able to, to curate a playlist of that. And artist. Hannah Frankson is another great example. Hannah Frankson is also biracial. She's a, a Black UK instructor. And she did the Sean Paul ride a week after she did the um, carnival ride for Notting Hill Carnival because it was, of course, canceled. And she talked about how Sean Paul made her so proud to be Jamaican when she was the only Black girl in her class. And she talked about how much that music had given to her. And then the next week, Sean Paul and Wyclef, who had just had his own artist series, were on a call with her and talking about that. And she like teared up because Sean Paul was talk responding to how much his music had meant to her as a young girl. And now she's sitting there on a call talking to him. And then Wyclef was like, and now I'm making a song for Peloton. It was like levels, levels to it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and, and there's also just, you know, obviously the celebrity aspect when you have music artists that also are Peloton users and subscribers. Sierra is always posting classes that she's taking. I've seen DJ Khaled on a Peloton on a yacht, which, you know, again, levels, right? But I think this Beyonce thing um, has really brought out something about like the potential of long-term partnerships. Um, And obviously you can't do anything halfway with Beyonce. We should all know that. But what do you think that this partnership, and this partnership is of course, this week of workouts, but it also has this longevity in terms right. of building something at HBCUs. Absolutely. It has longevity in terms of what it looks like for, you know, we all found out Beyonce has a Peloton, which we're like, what is her username? But also <laughs> like, what do these long-term partnerships as well as um, a monetary contribution and connection to HBCUs mean for you? Yeah, no, I think that's good. And I would like to take a step back just to give some context that I think is helpful to know two things. One, that Peloton, one of the things when I talk about like how they impress me as a, as a corporation is I've been very impressed with how they think about social accountability and philanthropy. And so I noticed this in June when they did their pride rides for a month. It's pride rides and runs and stuff like that. But they started the month by announcing the millions of dollars that they were giving to shelters, particularly who specialized in trans youth who were housing insecure. And then we saw this again through Peloton, right, where it was this four-week competition that was giving money to food banks in London and in New York and in Berlin, where they have these kind of Peloton hubs. And this kind of leads into the Beyonce deal. We saw, of course, when 
they released their affirmation of Black Lives Mattering. And they said, we have a robust five-year plan that's going to be internal and external. So one of the first things they did is raise minimum wage internally to $20 an hour for their staff within New York. And then they also gave money to the NAACP. They did this. And then they laid out a commitment over the next few years. And when it goes to getting the rights from Beyonce, it's really important to note that she's been very loyal to SoulCycle for years. And that Peloton actually suffered a lawsuit that scrubbed their catalog of a lot of songs, including most of her songs. And that Spotify integration that you talk about is so key because, of course, Title and Spotify was all kind of bound up together. And then yeah. actually when at the beginning of this week, when he said, I think it's Beyonce. And I was saying to a Peloton friend, like, oh, my friend thinks it's Beyonce. And she's like, they don't have Parkwood money. Like, you know, and my <laughs> other friend who used to coach at Flywheel was like, nah, she's too loyal to SoulCycle. But one of the things that happened in the wake of Black Lives Matter was a lot of Black talent from SoulCycle left and they left publicly. And they left and said, these are things internally in the corporation that aren't being done and we're being used as shields and as props and we're leaving. And I said kind of jokingly to my friend, well, maybe when the Black talent left SoulCycle, so did she. But I really do think it brought them together to the table in addition to her being a user, right? And also just, you know, she's out here on Finsta. She knows where the wind is blowing. But being able to say, yes, here's a pretty penny for my music rights, but her commitment to HBCUs and Peloton's commitment to anti-racism brought them to a point where they could say, this is beyond music. So what does it mean to get your catalog? Yes, a curation of dope songs and, and this week of content, but part of one of the things that they also came to a deal on was two initiatives that are really exciting. The first one gifts a two-year Peloton digital membership to students at 10 different HBCUs. And they all got the emails today. Um, this includes Bennett, Clark Atlanta, Howard, Grambling, Hampton, Morehouse, Morehouse School of Medicine, um, Spelman, TSU, Wilberforce. And all of these students got emails from their universities today instructing them on how to sign up for this digital app that has all the content, all of the content available you know, she gave a quote where she was like, I, they, we understand, you know, the power of music to uplift you on your wellness journey, that she wants to help people young and old to be the best versions of themselves and, and this. But the other thing they did was create a pipeline that will help prioritize internships um, to students from HBCUs coming into Peloton and thinking about what that actually means to be able, because it's not just the face that we see, it's not just the wellness instructors, it's the soundboard people, right? It's the producers, it's the brand ambassadors, it's all of the levels that make up a corporation. And to have a pipeline of internships and hiring from HBCUs through this program as well is really significant. And so this, so you ask, what does it cost to get Beyonce's music rights? Well, it costs beyond music. And I think that's one of the things that we see with this. And then they got to curate it in this really exciting way that led to the announcement on Monday night with uh, Alex and Tunde on a dual ride. That was really exciting. Like I woke up buzzing and I, I think I texted you like, I want to take the ride again, like already. Like some people did it twice last night because it was that, it was very exhilarating. That to me, to see this partnership was really significant for a few reasons. One, for both of them to be able to meet and say, hey, your commitment to HBCUs and our commitment to anti-racism has a, a natural meeting point and let's really commit to that. I really want to shout out um, Derek Tresseter, 
who is um, a Black woman who is their new brand ambassador who came in this summer. And so we think about how I started that like awful commercial a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things that Dara did was that Peloton just ran its first ad campaign featuring real members. To think about that for six years or however they've been a prominent company, they've never, they've always used fake people in their Peloton commercials. This ad campaign that she oversaw was all about how you identify, what groups you ride with, what are your reasons? And that's what it was called. And they asked people to submit their reasons and they curated, I mean, I encourage everybody to look at them, this global curation of Peloton real users saying, these are my reasons for riding. These are the musics I like. This is who I like to ride with. So you get like a woman in hijabi who rides with Peloton foodies from the UK. She's based in the UK. You get like grandpa, you got black girl magic, like all of this. And the genius in it was like, your best part is the community you've cultivated and for them to finally tap into that. And then her and her team and the community outreach team to broker this deal and to keep it under wraps and to have it come out and to roll it out in this way is phenomenal. And so I just wanted to shout her out because I also think to me seeing this is an emphasis in the commitment that Peloton has to its community and particularly to marginalized communities within Peloton that have found such a home. And I say that because we know that there's people who are big mad about the rollout that Beyonce is getting on this platform. But like Peloton did earlier this summer when they said we are doubling, they gave Tunde a Black Lives Matter ride. They made that a tag that you could ride with. They banned the tag All Lives Matter. And they just made a calculation, like we're not actually gonna care about market logics and catering and playing both sides, but we are going to come down on decency and we're gonna talk about white supremacy and this is what we're gonna do. And we're gonna hire people and we're gonna back our instructors. And to me, this is an extension of that commitment as well. And then also just my third thing about it is I never knew how much I was missing working out to Beyonce songs. like when that drum beat from Lose Your Breath hit, like, oh, and then they played End of Time. That's the song they played last night. I forgot to tell you. End of they Time played, and Countdown are like the two, two like the, workout songs where you're like, oh. They played End of Time. And I feel like then they went into the Mi Gente remix from Homecoming. Absolutely. Oh, lost my mind. This is when I almost fell off the bike because you sometimes forget. It was like when Hannah did the carnival ride and Dusty Wine did on the bike. And I was like, see, we almost broke our knees trying to Dusty Wine on a bike that goes nowhere. And so these are the things. Oh, and the last part is the fact that they're rolling it out and pairing it with homecoming, recognizing that a key tradition for so many HBCUs and even people who don't go to HBCUs, I don't know about y'all. I went to Temple, which pretends it's an HBCU. The white people think it's an HBCU if they go on the wrong part of campus, but it's not, right? And I spent my entire college career going down to Howard for homecoming all the time, right? And one of the things that we know COVID is taking away from everybody are these gatherings, is the ability to go to homecoming. And so to also be in recognition of that and to get to have homecoming in this community with yeah. this soundtrack is like already uh Chelsea was like doing she's doing the Beyonce flow tomorrow night and she was like tag your friends tag your aunts hit up your Greek friend like like everybody like bring the divine nine you know and Chelsea's AK and she's really hyped she literally wrote in the caption tag your divine nine friends everywhere even in the highest places winking eye and we're <laughs> like girl we know you're hype like you say every class and so I think that that is also significant to me that it can be this place where it's like hey 
we're recognizing the same way they just did, Bex just did a New York marathon simulation that said, hey, we recognize that you can't go out there and run the New York marathon. So we're going to figure out a way that we can bring the marathon to the bike or to the tread or to the outdoor run that we know that you can't go to Notting Hill Carnival, that you can't go to New York Carnival, but we're going to have two weeks of content where you can get your soca and you can get, you know, your dance hall fix and you can do that. And I see that and that this is in line with that, where they're recognizing that there's people out there that one of their traditions may not be carnival, may not be a marathon, but it is homecoming. And in that way, I also feel incredibly visible and incredibly seen. That's amazing. Do you feel like, you know, as someone that's, you know, really completely like gotten into both the bike and the tread and been involved in this community online, offline, like, I think that you have such an important lens and can also think about it critically um, and think about historically how we think about our bodies, how we think about wellness, um, the ways that certain bodies have been excluded from wellness spaces, especially. What do you think that the role is in terms of cultivating that that community? Because there are a lot of places that might say like, everybody is welcome, all are welcome, whatever. But there's a way that I have entered spaces and I'll say for yoga, which is always trying to say it's inclusive, but being in those spaces, I definitely was like, people aren't built like me. People, everyone in here feels like they're a former dancer or they have a yoga. You know, there's a way that some places still feel inaccessible. Um, And, and I don't want to say that, you know, Pelotons aren't cheap. So I also want to say that these things do become class. I do think there's ways that they're trying to, to work through that. Absolutely. Um, with payment plans and things like that and and the ways you can access the app and do the workouts, for example. On one hand, (laughs) they're all models, right? Like literally, if you go to the Peloton apparel site, they're just using their instructors because that's how gorgeous they all are. And they are tiny. But I also see like they have pro cyclists, right? Who are less like influencery and more like we were cyclists. And one of those people is Christine. And Christine just had like a wonderful thing that she did about how like her thighs are big, but they power her on the bike, right? And I really do think there's one of the most popular groups on Peloton, if you look at the hashtags, is XXL, right? And I think that one of the reasons that it really can open up this communal space is because it's in your house, right? And you talk about entering spaces and feeling like your body doesn't belong. And like I said, I was at Orange Theory. And even if I saw people who I had been there with for a year, you see me here Monday, Wednesday, Friday with you. And yet you're still kind of like, oh, great job in a way that makes me feel like you're being like, oh, you're a big girl who's here. Like, I see, like, okay, like why? Like you're being patronizing, right? And I think that one of the things that it removes because it's, you know, convenient to wherever you're finding space. I remember the first time I worked out in my basement with no shirt on, with like, just like a sports bra. And I didn't care if like a roll hung out here or there because I was in my damn basement and it allowed me to feel comfortable in a way because I wasn't actually walking into the space, but it was my space. I got to own that space. When Chelsea's looking at the camera and talking about that, she's talking to me. This is my space. I set the rules here. And there's always modifications. There's always this kind of like, you listen to your body. Like, yes, we're going to push you, but you listen to yourself. 
you know if you need to take it easy and like they say it's hard to take it easy it's hard to be still it's hard not to push yourself sometimes but that's why I've been so impressed with the space because I really think that it upends some of these access points that will say yes we're here for everybody but you can planet fitness can be like we're here for everybody and then every other week there's a viral thread about somebody doing something wild at planet fitness right you can be like oh we accept everybody and yet you're not going to keep the stairs you're not going to you know one of the posts that were made in, in black girl magic yesterday was from a woman who said some of the kids in her neighborhood were yelling things at her when she ran by um, about her size but she was she wanted to come into the space to tell us she wasn't letting it get to her because she just ran 10 miles without stopping and then hopped on the Beyonce ride. And there was like 500 comments being like, fuck them kids. But also, <laughs> like you ran 10 miles, sis. Like da, da, da. And there's just this way that in that space I have found there is no like so many people blow all of these preconceived notions about how bodies move out of the water right and this feeling that we're just there to give her her flowers for hitting her goals whatever they may be and for some people that is about their body for other people it's not it's about being able to hit 10 miles without stopping and part of what we have learned is that the people that you are passing you on the leaderboard look all different types of way, like all different kinds of way. Like yesterday on that Beyonce ride, I was one point off of Jess Sims. And that to me is like, you know what? I might not be able to catch Jess on a tread, but I'll see her head to head on a bike. And I have worked up to that. Cause like I said, in May, I couldn't finish a 20 minute ride. And so wow. those are the things, this is like a, a, obviously a long-winded answer to this, but I do think that for me, that's how it's disrupted some of these things about how bodies move and then just being then in their hiring is the other part of that like having Chelsea do yoga with her playlists is phenomenal and she had already been doing this work to break into yoga but it's really important having Cody as a very out flamboyant man who is also like and I'm strong and will bench more than you can imagine right is also upending our understandings about gender and sexuality and strength and like all of these things. Even having Alex and Tunde ride together where you can clearly see who the harder person is to ride with. Because at one point Tunde is up in the ride screaming at him to get up and you're like, oh, oh, it's her, you know what I mean? And that has been a lesson that, you know, especially for us, we intellectualize things and we're like, we know that all bodies matter. And we know that, like, we know these barriers, but I think it's different to know it and then to feel it and to realize that even though you've been telling yourself you felt accepted in these other kind of wellness spaces, like when you actually feel accepted in a wellness space, you realize that what you were telling yourself felt okay before was not. And that is for me what happened is like things that felt okay before to me. I realized I was settling. And for the first time I feel at a place where I'm like, I am an athlete, I am a former athlete and I'm in a spot where I can work on my goals and not feel like I'm trying to prove anything. I can work on my goals. I can take it easy. I can slow up and not feel like people are gonna look at me and be like, oh, she can't do it. And I'm like, no, I'm just taking an off day. And those are the things. And then even as my body changes, I get to 
control my narratives around that. Like I'm not doing Peloton to lose weight. I'm doing it to manage my autoimmune disease. I haven't missed a day since May. And for me, consistency is the biggest way to help my autoimmune issues. And we sit so much now on Zoom and I'm finishing a book and I'm just sitting and I'll have days where it's 6 p.m. and I look down and I have had 570 steps and that's not tenable for me. And that has nothing to do with image, but for me, it's all about feeling and energy. And so um, being into a place where I can get moving and reestablish my relationship with movement and my relationship with my body And that is all because of what I've been able to access through my participation in this community. So typically on Sounding Off, we'll ask folks what their like kind of dream collaboration um, Mm -hmm. in terms of music and sport would be. Last week, if I asked you your dream artist series collaboration with Peloton, we would know the answer, right? Right. So now that we have Beyonce, who would be an artist series collaboration you would love? Rihanna, Rihanna, Rihanna. I, I would say right now, well, first of all, I slid into uh, Hannah Frankson's DMs the other day. And that's the other thing. They're like mad accessible. Like I'm like BFFs with half of them in my mind, but they respond to me anyways. So I like told Hannah, she was talking about like Little Mix. And so like on the UK side of things, like I really want a Little Mix artist series because like I really actually enjoy their um, working out to their music. Part of it, right, is for me, I think about like, what is my writing stuff? Cause I'm somebody who needs to write to like, I don't know what you write to, but like, I have to write to like trap music. Like I just have to like get energized to do it. And so, um, but when I was finishing, I actually don't know what I was writing, but I do know that my rotation was like Rihanna and some Beyonce album, I can't remember. And like Joss Stone, right? And so I would say now Rihanna, I would also like Big Frida's around, but I would like like a one just Big Frida ride would be really sick. Incredible. It would be incredible. Um, so those are the things that I'm like really looking forward to. And they've been like hitting these things, like they've been coming out with them. And you're just like, oh my goodness, like I didn't even know I needed this. Kendall did a the dance hall verses she like mimicked her own. I didn't know I needed that in my life, but I really, really needed that in my life. Right (laughs) now my, my eyes are on Rihanna and I'm like, I would really appreciate that. But I would say the other thing is like that answer has changed Courtney. You know why? Because I'm listening to new music because like you said, you hit it, it goes to your Spotify. Most of what I listen to now is on my Spotify playlist and from Peloton. That's like my go-to playlist. And it has like Jess Glenn, whatever her name is. I don't I don't know why I just like missed her before. She's heavy in rotation. Burna Boy is like, I know all of his songs now, right? And so all of a sudden, if you ask me, oh, what do you want to see? I want a Burna Boy artist series. Like we have Afrobeats, but like I specifically am now obsessed with Burna Boy, right? We just had Jay Balvin. I want a Bad Bunny. There's a Bad Bunny ride, but I want a Bad Bunny everything. And so as I've engaged in Helton, my music tastes have also expanded because you get the songs in your head that you remember, like to the point where at the end of Sundays with Love, and I'll sign off with this, Sundays with Love is like a non-denominational kind of spirituality thing on the bike where there's like virtues and then whatever that Ali does. And she always ends it though with playing the... um, higher love remix at the end of each class so 
the other day when um, Joe and Kamala came out and they came out to Higher Love. I was like, that's our song. <laughs> like, I felt You're like- appropriating our music. I was like, felt Peloton ownership over it. I was like, we do that at Sundays of Love every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but you know I think that that's the other thing so I my dream right now is a Rihanna series but also um it could change next week and they also could get Rihanna in two weeks with like a Fenty you know uh partnership and then they would have all my coins and that's that Tunde is also former makeup artist see I see? see it. I see it. I see it. Well, I, you need to manifest it because you made this happen. So <laughs> I can't make credit, but I just Oh well, they are that. in Black Girl Magic. They're like, we slid into her DMs a few weeks ago. She listened to us. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't underestimate them because they get things done. Black women are magic. so incredible. Um, this I promise you guys, this has not been a Peloton commercial. Um, for this story it happens and you don't even realize it like because I would say that also and this is why we need to have a part two discussion because we both of us have been able to sit there and critique like I think there's a really interesting discussion to have about the use of the n-word in songs when they're not in classes with black instructors right or if like having people in the studio or having an empty studio changes your perception of that um there's a discussion to be had right about the the music lawsuit like that's really actually kind of interesting to dig into so we've had critiques and we've had these conversations um but also like i just really love it <laughs> this is so incredible thank you so much dr amira rose davis is an assistant professor of history and african-american studies at penn state university she's also a co-host of burn it all down one of my favorite podcasts of all time all time please check it out we appreciate you so much for joining us thank you thank you so much for having me